I kept hearing the word shame. I kept hearing the word fear. And it just kept happening over and over. I kept hearing guilt, shame, and fear. Guilt, shame, and fear. And I was just I'm, I'm going, oh, that can't be God. My goodness, that's not God. Well, we know that's not God, but the Holy Spirit was saying there's people here this morning that are dealing with guilt, shame, and fear. And I'm here to declare to you today freedom. I declare freedom for you this morning. Freedom for you. You don't have to be dealing with guilt. You've been forgiven. You don't have to deal with shame. You've been given, you've been given life and life more abundantly. You don't have to deal with fear. If you're dealing with guilt, shame, or fear, today you're going to get set free. You're going to be free. What I saw was, I saw the elders coming up here, being ready to minister to whoever comes up. We're going to go into the next song. They'll minister and they'll sing and we'll... Freedom. Amen? I declare freedom in Jesus' name. While we were worshiping, I had a vision from the Lord, and he was looking, it was God on his throne, looking down from heaven and looking at this congregation, and all he saw was Jesus. He didn't see you as individuals with all your worry and fear and stress and guilt that we all carry, whether we want to or not. He just saw Jesus. So when you think about condemning yourself, remember, all God sees in you is Jesus. He sees none of that guilt and condemnation. And, and my vision went even farther as I was worshiping. It went, I'm seeing, oh God, I have children. I know how much I love them. And I thought, how great it is for God to look down upon all born-again people throughout the whole world and all he sees is his son and how wonderful it is because of how much we love our children so anyway that was what God showed me this morning and it blessed me and I hope it blesses you amen 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 praise God now you might be thinking well elders stay up here not done yet now you might be thinking, well, what were they up to? What were these people coming up? Guilt, shame, and fear. Well, it's none of our business, number one. And number two is, uh, you might think, well, shoot, I should have gone up. Well, we're going to give you another song. <laughs> now, as we do that, I'm going to add one more thing. Because I've been, uh, you can call it whatever you want. Call it a word of knowledge. Just call it a perception in the spirit but if you've been suffering from fatigue fatigue or cloudiness in your mind if you've been if you've been struggling you were even struggling getting getting here this morning and a lot of times that that the more I talk about it, the more I talk here the more it starts to get clear a lot of it's depression it's a depression when depression is on you it can cloud your thinking. It can cause you not even want to get out of bed in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, well, if I go up there, am I admitting? No, you're going up there because you're, you're being obedient. God says, today is freedom day. Today is freedom. If, you're, if you've dealt with any of that, any kind of fatigue, and your mind cl- mind's cloudy, come on up here. These guys, these, these elders will be praying for you, as well as all the other stuff we were praying. If you're thinking, no, now's my time. They'll just think that your mind's cloudy. That's what they'll think. Don't worry. Don't worry what they think. Don't worry at all. Just get up here. Get, get free today. Today's freedom day. There's still time. This is more important than anything. Get, getting free. Don't, don't hold back. Getting set free once and for all. Dealing with stuff. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. Glory. So I kept hearing I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say at the end here, you're gonna have everybody yell, I'm free. Now just wait, just wait. Jim came up to me, he goes, We're supposed to yell. I was like, Amen. So we're gonna do that, amen. So raise your hands. Raise your hands. And on the count of Two, we're going to yell, I am free, as loud as you can, as many times as you want. Ready? Here we go. One, two, I am free, 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 amen, glory, 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 hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Go grab the mic. Now you might go. You may be seated if you can, if you want to, if you so desire. You might wonder, well, why did why did you yell, "I am free" six times? Well, have you ever heard that that Bible story about the king, who the prophet came to him and said, "If you want to rout your enemies, you need to take a handful of arrows and strike the ground." And then, uh, and then you'll rout the enemy. And so the king took and he struck the ground twice. And uh, he said, you know, we will, we, will de- we will defeat the enemy. And the, the prophet chewed him out. He says, you should have struck it five or six times. Then you would have completely routed him. So I don't take any chances anymore. Oh, yeah, well, you're going to rout, completely rout him. Hallelujah. Where's Patty? P- Patty has something to share. This is a scripture verse that came to me toward the end of all the prayer is that, you know, we know Jesus died and paid the price for everything, right? So the fear, the guilt, the shame, he experienced everything that we have felt and will ever feel. So we don't need to feel shame or fear of going to him because he knows exactly how we feel because he's experienced everything. So reach out to him. He's waiting for you all just to reach out and let him heal you. Amen. Amen. That's right. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you're here for a first time here, first time guests, (laughs) we just want to welcome you. Glad you're here. And uh, this is normal, so just so you, just so you know. What, what is that? You know, I, I like to explain what God's 
does because not everybody understands it, not everybody sees it, not everybody knows, you know, what, what was that all about? Well, the Holy Spirit, or the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when He fills us, gives us gifts. Amen? He gives us gifts. We even have a Bible study on Wednesday nights about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's someone, one of your guys' houses over there, and Doug? Amen. And, uh, but when he gives gifts, those gifts are to help people. Amen. He, gives, he gives words of knowledge, which words of knowledge is of, of just a, a word or an understanding of something that you didn't know. I didn't know anybody was dealing with guilt, depression, fear, anxiety, whatever. I didn't know, you know individuals were dealing with this and that. I don't even know probably half of what, what God did up here just now. But he gives us words of knowledge or words of wisdom, understanding of something that, that, that is, that's coming or way in the past. It's just a, a knowledge. He, there's gifts of healing. There's, gifts of, there's the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit. And when we operate in those gifts, people get blessed. The whole point of it is that people, that God meets the needs of people. And this morning, a lot of people's needs got met. Amen. Amen. A lot of people's needs. Hopefully all of your needs. Hopefully nobody sat back and, well, I'll see what happens. Because we can miss it. If we don't, if we don't obey, if we don't follow the the leading. Now, don't, don't, you're not obeying me. You're obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. If he was nudging you, nudging you to go up and you didn't go up, you're going to miss it. Years ago. Years ago, I was in a meeting. I was in a pastor's meeting. Ooh, those are scary. <laughs> pastor's meetings. Everybody there was a pastor or an associate pastor, assistant pastor or whatever. And uh, I'm sitting in the back row because I always sit in the front row. So when I get a chance, I love to sit in the back row. And this minister was ministering. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit said, he, at the end of the meeting, he's going to give an altar call. He's going to pray for people. And when he does, I want you to go forward. So I'm sitting back there and I'm being ministered to by what he's saying. It's powerful. It's very, it's right for me. He's saying stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I know this is God. So I'm sitting back there and the minister gets to the end of his sermon and he goes, well, he said, I'm going to have an altar call. Well, I already knew that. I had already heard that from the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to have an altar call for anybody here who's thinking about leaving the ministry. Well, I knew almost everybody in that room. And I'm thinking, what in the world is happening here? I'm not thinking about leaving the ministry. I, was, I just was obeying God to go up when he told me to. I'm sitting there going, no. <laughs> All of these people know my, my boss, my pastor. I was the assistant pastor. <laughs> All these people know. They're going to, there goes Neitzel. <laughs> God didn't say, go up if he says it right. Or if he says what you want to hear. He just said, when, when he gives an altar call, I want you to go forward. And so I, I sat there and I think, no, 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 no. There's got to be a different way. There's got to be a different way. And the Holy Spirit says, either do it, obey, or you're going to miss it. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I went forward. And I'm just standing there going, no, no, no. And there's about, there's about six couples. You know, it's kind of a... a, a, a stage like this there were like six couples then there was me and then there was about six other couples that way and he walks over to the first couple and he says so what do you do and they said well i'm the i'm the senior pastor at such and such a church and he goes oh that's nice and he walked away from him and he went to the second guy he says 
what do you do? He says, well, I'm the senior pastor at such and such a church. And he goes, oh, wonderful, and walked away from him. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth couple. Exact same thing. Oh, nice, and walked away from him. Came up to me, and he looks at me, and he goes, what do you do? I said, well, I'm the associate pastor at a church in River Falls, Wisconsin. He goes, let me tell you what God wants to tell you. (laughs) And that man prophesied life over me. He answered a question that I had been struggling with. He, he set me on a, on a path that literally ended up here. If I had missed that, if I had not obeyed, if I had not obeyed the Holy Spirit, not obeyed him, he's a man. I'm a man. I'm just a human. But if God leads you, if God opens a door for freedom, my goodness, run through it. Doesn't even matter if it's embarrassing. Doesn't matter. Sometimes he'll ask you to do something embarrassing just to see if you'll do it. That's humility. You know that, right? When you do something embarrassing, you know, if you just do something that's outside of what you'd like to do, but you're obeying God, that's humility. I encourage you. There'll be more chances. There'll be more opportunities. Praise God. I mean, mean, hopefully we didn't miss anybody, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I wrote two sermons for this morning so far. (laughs) And all morning I'm going, which way are we going, Lord? And then I thought, well, maybe this will just take up the whole time and I won't have to worry. (laughs) So I'm still still listening, still listening with the Holy Spirit saying, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you know, I have been talking about authority. Been talking about authority. Turn with me. Two, somewhere in the Bible, <laughs> specifically Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10, so I've, I've been teaching on authority. This is the fifth Sunday that I'm doing that, so this on the title today would be Authority 5. Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 17 says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Everybody say that with me. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Bottom line, that's the big, that's the, that's the the high point. That's the best is, is that, that our names are written in heaven. We're, we're in the family. We're in his kingdom. Praise God. But just to, you know, we've been talking about authority that God has given us authority. He gave authority here to 72 disciples. Now remember, just to put it in, in the right context, you can go back and listen to all the sermons, one through four. But just in context, the 72 weren't saved. Am I, am I right? Bible students, am I right? This was before he died on the cross. He hadn't died on the cross yet. He was still in his ministry. God, Jesus had authority on earth to give authority to whoever he wanted to. And he gave, a, he gave authority to 72 regular people. 
regular, everyday, boring people. And they went out, they ministered, and they came back, and they went, wow, it works. It works. When I told the demon to leave, it left. When I laid hand on the sick, they, it, they were healed. Woo! And Jesus says, oh, settle down, settle down. What's more important is your name's written in the book of life. That your name's written in heaven. But we, it isn't diminished, the fact that you have authority, that he gave them authority. Well, then we get to the end of you know, his life, and then he dies on the cross, he comes back, he, he returns back, and then just before, he, as he was being, just before he was raised back into heaven, he says, I give you authority. He gave us authority. He gave the 12 authority. He gave the, the thousand, or how many of you were there when they saw him rise off the, off the, uh, the mountain? The 120 in the upper room, everybody ever since, everybody since, has been given authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Not the actual serpents and scorpions. That's a type and shadow of demons, the evil. He's given us authority to say no. That's not how it's going to be. We talked about that authority is not you. You're not the authority. It's him in you. And you in him. That he has given us authority and that we're in Christ and that when we're in Christ, we look like Jesus. Just like what was shared this morning. You look like Jesus. In the spirit world, you look like Jesus. Everything that looks at you goes, ooh, not going to mess with that one. Doesn't matter how big they are, or small they are, or old they are. Doesn't matter what gender they are. Either or. <laughs> oh, just wait, Jim. That's my second sermon. Not that, but it, we may get somewhere really fun today. All right. But we're given authority. And when we have the authority, when we say something, it should happen. It's supposed to happen. But we have to believe it'll happen. We have to be convinced that, oh, yep, it's going to happen. I better, I better say, I'm going to say this, and it's going to happen. And I know that, that there's been a number of people having discussions within the church since I've been doing this, this series, because I've had people come up and say, hey, I've been talking to, the, you know, this, they're not ratting anybody out, just relax. But they're, they're, we've been talking to so and I've been talking to these people, and we've been having, and this was a question we had, or this is something we discussed. It's like, it's like people are, are getting this, they are understanding that we have authority, but now we need to know how to operate in it. And one of the conversations was, well, but authority, you know, like the, like the police officer, we're afraid of that. So, you know, how does that, our, our authority, you know, work? Are we like afraid of God or are we, are we intimidated by God? No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is you're the one in authority. You're the one that the devil should be afraid of. If there's any fear going on here, it's not between you and God. You're in right relationship. You're in righteousness. You are righteous. You're in right standing with God. You are in, in good so you, It's just like because of that righteousness, you have authority to tell the devil, stop it. Stop it. Whatever it is. Then we need to know what, is, what do we have authority over. We don't have authority over people. I can say to Greg, stop it. And he's thinking, What? But he wouldn't have to, just because, uh, that's not what we're talking, it's not about a person, it's about the works of the devil. 
Jesus said he came, he came to destroy the works of the devil. So anything that's the work of the devil, you have authority over to make it stop. Now we're going to get into that more. I keep teasing that, but we're going to go deeper into that. But this morning, Angie had a, has a testimony. She says it's really good. Well, maybe you didn't say that, but I'm believing it's going to be good. Good morning. Um, I want to give a quick little backstory. Um, back in 2020, I got COVID really, really bad, and it put me in the hospital. Um, I was out of life for about two and a half months uh, in a walker wheelchair. Um, it, it kicked my butt. It was pretty rough. Um, and I never want to experience that again because I experienced so much aloneness and, you know, you're isolated. You can't be with anybody. I mean, it was just a really dark, dark time in my life, but I made a lot of spiritual growth through that time because I had God and God only to rely on. Fast forward to this last week. Um, last weekend, I was just not feeling right. Um, I suffer from symptoms of MS, and so oftentimes I chalk up what I'm feeling to MS. Okay, well, yep, the weather's changing, so I probably feel a little weak. Yep, I'm tired. Um, didn't think too much about it, and um, kind of carried on. And Sunday, I, you know, I still felt kind of out of sort, but not sick by any means. And then Monday, I just was like, what in the heck? Like, I couldn't even bring myself to get up and get ready for work, and which, okay, whatever, it's work, but um, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't do it. And so I brought myself to the clinic, and um, they tested me, and they asked me, well, was it like, you know, when you had COVID? And I'm like, no, it's nothing like that. And they're testing me for all these things, and everything's coming back negative, and they call me later and say, well, you're positive for COVID. And I'm like, instant fear. Instant fear came over. I mean, you can imagine. <laughs> it was instant. Um, I called my mom to come take my son. I'm a single mom. And um, she took Grayson. And I found myself once again alone. And um, uh, it was really mentally tough because of what I had gone through the first time. And um, I just kept saying, well, as long as I don't get a fever, you know, because I got 104.9 fever last time, as long as I don't get a fever, I'm going to be fine. This is going to, you know, people aren't getting it like they used to. Instant fever. And um, I was scared. And uh, one of my sons reached out, Spencer reached out to me, and he said, Mom, he's like, you know what Pastor John's been preaching about. He's like, take your authority. And I'm like, I will, honey, I will. I promise. And he goes, no, do it. And so I, I put my phone down and I reared up and I can get really feisty, especially when they put you on steroids. I was really feisty. And I got up and I was like, no, I will not accept this fever in Jesus' name. Like, I will not go back to the hospital. I will not go down this road. And the fever was gone within a half an hour. So I kind of was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I got it. All of a sudden, I lost my voice. And... Um, all these other symptoms started coming. And all of a sudden, I didn't have the ability to scream at the devil. I had no voice, <laughs> none. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, how does this work? Because I can pray to God, and he can read my thoughts, but how can I cast the devil out when I can't even speak? And the next day and a half, um, 
beat the crap out of me mentally. Honestly, I was lower than I've been in a long time. Um, Because what am I supposed to do? I felt like I was equipped with the tools, but my mouth couldn't speak it out. And how am I supposed to do this? And I would pray in the spirit and stuff, but I just, I really just kept feeling defeated. Uh, Everything that he just called for us to come up for, like I couldn't have gotten up here fast enough because that's what I was feeling. Because then all of a sudden the enemy is like, well, yeah, and you're alone. And you're alone. Remember when you were in the hospital and you thought you were going to die and you're alone? You're alone again. Ha ha. All these thoughts kept going and going and going and it was spiraling and spiraling. And uh, finally Wednesday, I'm like, okay, I'm clearly not able to do all this on my own. And so I'm I put a very generic plea out. I have a group on, on Facebook that anytime I need prayer, oh my gosh, it's like this, and I can feel it. So I put very generic. I didn't want anyone to know what it was, and I just said, please pray for me. You know, I'm sick. I have some ear pain and whatever. Well, instantly I got a message from a friend, and she's like, oh my gosh, is it COVID? Is it COVID? Oh no, Angie, oh my gosh, you get yourself in. Instant fear came over me. And I'm like, no, this is not the purpose of putting that out there. Like, I'm, I'm casting that off. You know, I'm not doing it. I didn't respond to any other messages on Facebook that had anything to do with COVID. And I just kind of rested in the peace that I was feeling because so many were praying and I could feel it. Um, I am going to be straightforward. I watched a lot of garbage in this week on Netflix. I think I watched everything I could watch because I literally was home all day. And... Um, <laughs> Thursday morning, I woke up, and I started um, feeling the desire to watch some Stephen Furtick, because who doesn't ever desire to watch Stephen Furtick? I love him. So I was watching Stephen Furtick, and he was a bit much for me when I wasn't feeling good. So I'm like, okay, tone it down. Well, then I found this woman called Priscilla Shearer, I believe, Shire. And so I was listening to her sermon, and it was similar to what he's been talking about. And after her sermon, it started talking about all these movies she's been in. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm choosing today to fill my mind with positive things. And I'm going to watch any and every movie and any preacher, anything that I can. And so the whole day I committed, I watched Overcomer, which, hello, that movie, it like pulled me up. And I'm like, well, who am I? Like, she can do it. I can do it. And I watched The Shack. I don't know if you've seen The Shack, but it walks through this process of, of these things that you need to work through. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, I could feel myself not just getting healed, but getting set free from a lot of garbage that's been happening in my life. And then I watched, um, I can only imagine, um, gosh, there was one more, I, a whole day full of Christian films with this message, this message and message. And so by Friday morning, I was like, I think I'm going to do that again. And so I once again, I did it again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling sick anymore. Like, I mean, I, my throat sounds like it, but it's because I haven't had a voice. So it doesn't hurt, and I'm negative. Um, but literally, the emotional roller coaster that I took this week, and then to polish it off with the cherry on top, Like when he said to come up and get prayer, oh, you better believe like I was up here because that's everything that I dealt with this week. And the the week closed out, Kathy DeMar posted something uh, on her page and it seriously, it was about generational curses and stuff. And I just feel like this whole week, I mean, I'm just shaking. I feel like this, this whole week, like I went through this big spiritual journey and not just did I fight through 
this fear, and it was a fear, a fear of death and being alone. But God also removed a lot of garbage from my life. This week, through me being home, and the two days that I actually took the time to just really spend focusing on him, it was pretty remarkable. So when you told us to try it, I tried it. Because Spencer told me to try it. (laughs) But I did. Spencer gets the credit for that one, yeah. (laughs) But it works. You take that authority. You take the authority that God has given you. Not because you're something special. It's because he's something special. And he has given you that authority to take, to, to trample on servants and scorpions. Whatever it is, whatever it is that's trying, you just got to get an attitude. Now, I know Angie. She can get an attitude. <laughs> we all can. Thank you. I'm glad somebody said that. We all can get an attitude. We should get an attitude when it comes to the devil. When it comes to other people and, and, and God, we have a very soft attitude. But when it comes to the devil, we don't have to put up with it. You don't have to put up with, with his, his lies. You don't have to put up with his, his, his sickness, his poverty, his, his whatever it is. Stealing, killing, and destroying. You take authority over that. I've been doing the same thing lately. In the name of Jesus, get off of that. Get off of me in that area. Get, quit it. Stop it. Get off of these people. Get off of this church. Get off of these, this ministry. Get, get out of this, this whole valley. Get out. When we start taking authority, it's not, you know, I mean, here's where we may switch. Here's where we may switch. We have authority over the works of the enemy. Think about that. Go with me on this. We have authority over the works of the enemy. What are the works of the enemy? Well, we named them a whole bunch. Sickness, poverty, lack, whatever. That's the usual. But... What about, what about abortion? Is that a work of the enemy? That's a grievous, grievous work of the enemy. Now today's what? Is it 50 or 49? Today, this day. 50 years ago, Roe v. Wade was passed. Last year it ended. But, but as we have seen... People are still evil. People are still evil. And they still do evil things. So Minnesota, in all of their wisdom, or lack thereof, decided to go off the deep end. Now we can throw a fit, we can argue, we can yell, we can scream. Does nothing. Do you know what, you know what it takes to destroy the works of the devil? Taking our authority and begin to use it. How do we do that? That's, that's what's been on my heart. Is how do, we, how do we take something that's like this? That's like this. Abortion. Something that's way bigger than you. It's way bigger than me. It's just the reality of it. It, it obviously is because, because God miraculously ended Roe v. Wade a year ago. And one year later, states are just going as hard as they can to make it worse, to make it less, less life. I mean, give me a break. (laughs) 
any, any abortion, any time, for any reason, all the way up to 40 weeks. My goodness, people. Not, not you people. Them people. That's not your heart. That's not your, that's not kingdom. That's not life. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. But what do we do about it? When, when you don't have the ability to change something in the natural, what do we do? We go to the supernatural. We go to the supernatural. There is one, only one answer to this, folks, and it's Jesus. It's the kingdom of God. And what did he tell us to do? He said to take our authority. And he said to pray for all those in, in leadership. Well, prayer. I mean, what can prayer do? I mean, really, what, is, what can prayer do? Or what can, what can the prayer of one man do? Or one group of people do? It can change the world. I, you guys all need to have mics. This is great. <laughs> you, change, you can change the world. How many of you ever heard of the name Reese Howell? Reese Howell. Handful. Handful. I am telling you, you need to go online. You can get it on any of the platforms. Get books about Reese Howell. R-E-E-S-E-H-O-W-E-L-L. I believe it's two L's. Handful of people know who Reese Howell is. Exactly! To most of the world, he's nobody. But do you know what Reese Howell did? Do you know what he's famous in the right circles for? He changed the course of World War II. Now, what do you mean? I've never heard about this. I know. CNN will not put it on their show. Reese Howell was praying during the the D-Day invasion. He did not know that the D-Day invasion was happening. But he and a group of people in England were led to pray. They, they, just, they just had a burden to pray. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know, they didn't have a, they, they didn't know what the news was because it was all secret. They began to pray. They were praying for days and days and days and days. They had no idea what was happening outside of that prayer group because they were led to pray and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. In the middle of the prayer group, they started seeing things. People started having visions. One of the visions was of an invasion. They didn't know what it was. But there was an, they knew that an invasion was about to happen. So they began, and they felt led by the Spirit of God, to begin to pray for protection against whoever was the one on the right side. And they began to pray, and they began to see. And one of the things they prayed for was cloud cover. They were led by the Holy Spirit to pray for cloud cover so thick that nobody would see them coming. And what happened on the D-Day invasion? It protected them all the way into, when they got to shore, then, that, then they saw them. But they got all the troops where they, the, they prayed the D-Day invasion. After the fact, they compared notes. They literally prayed through the D-Day invasion before, during, and before and during while it was happening. Amongst many other things. A handful of people taking on an impossible task. Now, yes, there were, there were literally thousands, tens of thousands of brave men and women who went and were a part of that invasion. That's huge. But what led? What led that prayer? The Spirit of God. 
Can we pray and see this atrocity of abortion ended? Let me ask that question again. Can we pray and see this and, and have this atrocity, this vile atrocity of abortion ended, not only in Minnesota, but in, uh, in, in every state of this union? Because it's t- we've got to do something, folks. We've tried all the other stuff. And, we, and people pray, people pray. Man, somebody was praying for the Supreme Court just to decide, yeah, we're, gonna, we're just going to throw it out. And all the other things that happened. Well, that seemed impossible a year and a half ago, didn't it? I didn't see it coming. I didn't. But in one fell swoop, God dealt with it in, one, in just a short amount of time. And then the devil, here he comes again, because what? His time is short. And he's trying to destroy anything that looks like God. He's trying to destroy anything that has the the image of God. Abortion is is one of the gravest evils of this day. Because they're attacking a life. I mean, I've got got a whole bunch of verses. I'm not going to go there. You've heard them. The Bible says that God knew us as he formed us in our, in our mother's womb, as he knit together the peace, God knew you. He knew all of your days. He told, God told Jeremiah, before you were even conceived, I knew you. What is the devil doing with abortion? He is trying to wipe out the image of God. Just think how many evangelists, missionaries, regular people who love God have been killed over the last 50 years and beyond, and beyond. Because I, I got a whole bunch of other stuff in, you know, in my notes. It's like I'm saying, I wrote two sermons this week. Part of it was just being, it was cathartic. This is, you know, abortion is nothing new. Do you know, in Roman times, they, they, had, a better, they had a much nicer name. Oh, I got to look it up because I... Yeah. I don't remember what I wrote. Exposure. Exposure. They just called it exposure. And you know who they could expose? Or who they could put out for exposure? Any baby they didn't want. If it was crippled, if it was had any kind of defect, or if it was the wrong sex. And what they would do is just they just take it out in the woods and lay it out in the woods and walk away. It was a common practice. I, and I've got, I've, got quotes, I've got quotes from a whole bunch of, of the Stoic philosophers. Aristotle said it should be a law that any baby you don't want should be killed. No, they don't, they don't quote that one in our philosophy courses. It's evil. It is so evil. But it, it's, it, it isn't that evil, we've got to deal with it in a natural way. The thing we need to do is change the hearts of men and women to where they just don't do it, where they just don't even think about it. But then, do you know why the practice of exposure? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Somebody's going, it's exposure. You've already forgot what it was. Do you know what ended that? 
Christians. Christians ended it. it everything I read, every, every resource I found said it was ended in the time of Constantine. Because he was like, this is evil. These, these babies are, are made in the image of God. But do you know what Christians did before that? They went and got them. They would go find them. They would raise them. They would adopt them. They would, they, there was in the catacombs. I mean, like I say, I've done a little bit of research this week. They're in the catacombs, there's literally areas for, that were, where babies were buried that were found on the garbage heaps of Rome. And then in many of the, many of the, of the estuaries, the inscription was, adopted son of so-and-so. Adopted daughter of so-and-so. And there, they would have, an, I can't remember the, the, the Roman, the, the word, the Latin word, but there was a, written, a word written at the bottom that I can't remember what it was, but the, the, the meaning of that word is what the thrown out ones. So as an adopted daughter of so-and-so, she was one of the thrown out ones. Christians would go and they would, they would rescue them. There is coming a day, folks, there is coming a day when it's going to be common just to throw their babies. I mean, we think it's bad now. As evil gets worse, we have to be ready to do spiritual things, but also natural things to give life. And if anyone is, is going through that, man, I still remember, this, is a, here's just, this just popped into my head, gosh, 40 years ago. No, I wasn't 40. Yeah, I've been 40 years ago. Gosh, I'm older. It's older than I had to do the math. <clears throat> Forty years ago, a young man came to me, <clears throat> and he said, can I borrow some money? And I said, why is that? I wasn't living for God at the time, man. I wasn't. I'll just tell you, I wasn't living for God. I said, why? What's up? And he goes, I need to, I need to have this much money. I can't remember how much it was. And I said, what's it for? He goes, I need to get my girlfriend an abortion. I wasn't living for God, man. I was not, I was not kingdom-minded. I was not godly-minded. I was at that point I was I was full-on out heathen. But something inside me said, no. No. I said, I can't. I won't. See, it didn't matter what the law said. And even as a heathen, I still. I still heard that, that inner voice that said, that's wrong. That's what every, every person, every woman, every man, every couple who, who is, is even considering doing that. We don't need to shame them. Please don't shame people. We, we're not, we don't deal with shame. We need to walk in love and say, man, we're here to help you. A year ago, or you know, back when, when, the, when the whole thing changed, when the, when the law was thrown out. We said, I, I kind of preached a sermon much like this. I just felt that we're supposed to do it again today. I know a number of you started helping at pregnancy help centers. I know a number of you started volunteering there. Praise God. But we need more. We need more people involved. We need more people to, to help people walk through that process. And, and get them to the right places where they make the right choice. Abortion is never the answer. It's never the answer. It's not. 
life. Life and life more abundantly. Last thing, and then I'll turn it over to... 24 years ago, next week, our son was born nine weeks premature. My wife was dying. She was dying. The doctor said, if we did not deliver the baby immediately... I asked if the baby was going to be viable, and he said, I don't know. And I said, I don't believe in abortion. And he goes, he looked, I didn't want to tell the story. I said, I don't believe in abortion. And he looked at me. And he says, no, 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 no. We're going to do everything we can do for the life of this child. We will do everything, but he says, your wife will die today if we don't deliver this baby. And those people, they worked selflessly for weeks. And I think he's going to make it. (laughs) That's the difference, isn't it? I mean, you, you can abort a baby for any reason up to 40 weeks. My, I, that, was, that was the first thing my mom said. When she got there that night, Ethan was in the incubator, and we, we went in and she looked at him. The first thing out of her mouth was, well, that'd cure anybody of abortion right there. Life is precious. And if someone, if somebody's watching online, is you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know. I'm pregnant, or my my girlfriend's pregnant, or whatever, and and I don't know what to do because I I, I don't I, I don't have what it takes to raise this child. Somebody does. Somebody does. And we'll help you. There's places that'll help you get through this process. Why? Because we love you. We love you, and we love. Anything that looks like God in every child, every child, every adult, every in-between looks like God, is made in the image of God, and is worthy of life. This week, I encourage you to just seek God and say, okay, Lord, what's my part? I'll bet you, I'm almost guaranteed, because I know what he's already speaking to me. I guarantee you, one part of it is prayer. Well, what is that going to change? Everything. Everything. Amen?